Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MMA for Money Show, episode 74. In this show, we will be reviewing Fight Island. Yes, the broad spectrum that is Fight Island. Those crazy three events that happened in eight days. It's time to look back on them and give them the attention they deserve. Yes, granted, most of that will be on the most recent event because MMA fans have short memories and it's more entertaining that way. I am Bob Voss, your favorite garbage man at MMA State of Mind here with Real Mike, Mike Copenhaver at Don't Cope, Just Win, and Mikey Gilman at Mikey Gills, Gills with the Z, all that stuff on Twitter, and the show at MMA for Money Show. Watch that. You won't miss a thing. Real Mike, how are you doing? It's Mr. Styling, profiling, flashing icon right there. <laughs> oh, man, I'm doing absolutely wonderful after that weekend of pure domination by the MMA for Money team. I had to channel my inner riffraff in me and uh, give a little bit of love to my boy, Theo Vaughn, who's also Theo Vaughn loves my boy, Dustin, the Diamond Poirier. So a little bit of love from down south, my boy, riffraff, my boy, Theo Vaughn. Let's go, MMA for Money team. Mike Gills, how are you looking so fancy? I, I, I'm glad you brought up how I'm looking and how it's so fancy. I'm I'm looking as good as I'm feeling right now, but I'm going to debut something else because we've all seen the bow tie. We've all seen the pocket watch. And now I give you tuxedo underwear. Let's go. Whoa, Complete Whoa. with bow tie. Let's rock. Let's go. That was a lot. <laughs> I mean, we got to get some awards in the <laughs> chat for that one because, I mean, usually you have to pay extra. For that kind of thing. Well, uh, the MMA for Money show is here live <laughs> on HAPS, uh, <laughs> uh, the app that gave us our biggest show to date last week. Almost doubled our average numbers there. We just straight killed it last week there on HAPS. We appreciate that. Appreciate the 29 people here watching us live thus far, even though we're just a few minutes in. I'm going to do this breakdown again because we're still pretty new on this. So you people need to know what is HAPS. It's a new platform that makes it super easy to simultaneously broadcast to all the social media channels. What we're doing right now. If you download and subscribe with HAPS, you will get 100 free coins for joining. And also you get additional coins every day that you log in. Uh, and you can support like work, like ours. You could donate to us here at the MMA4 Money Show. We would really appreciate. Already got a few people in the chat. Papa Prime himself. We got Ryan Richard, who basically bankrolls this. And Jack Girl is already in there from Kansas City. Chief's doing great. Yes, ball sports. Okay. <laughs> you can find the show on HAPS, Twitch, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, or an RSS feed. We are on YouTube. We're not live on there at the moment, but you could catch the show after the fact if UFC doesn't attack us for copyright infringement. And you can watch little tidbits after the fact as well. Subscribe and you'll never miss a show unless there's copyright infringement. Like, comment, and share to spread the word. Now, I'm going to super get – no, before we even get into legit – MMA. Yes. Before we even get into legit MMA, we got to talk about celebrity yes. boxing. Not even celebrity boxing. We got to talk about YouTube boxing. Got to talk the about sport YouTube of boxing. kings. The sport. Yes, the sport of kings. The sweet science with one person in his solid freshman year physics class going against that person who just like <laughs> I don't know decided to like try to pass out and he just sits in the back and doesn't participate in earth science. This is a long way to describe the fact that Jake Paul and Ben Askren are going to have a boxing match, which is utterly ridiculous to me because it's Ben Askren. And I love Ben Askren. Don't worry, I love Ben Askren. He was fantastic in Bellator, and I loved everything about him in Bellator. He styled on the guys in Bellator that are still there doing stuff. And then came to the UFC too late with bad hips and then got highlight reel finished <laughs> at some point and outboxed by Damian Maya, like real bad. And now he's actually going to box someone else. So if you can't tell, I kind of have a leaning on this thus far. But we want to give you guys a hot take. So the news came out today. And it does, in some capacity, have to do with MMA in terms of someone that we've actually dealt with and talked about. And I believe, not sure Mike Gills was there for that, but at least broke down his last fight on this show. Nah. So 
Mikey Gills, I want to hear your take <clears throat> on a YouTuber versus a Frisbee golfer. Okay, so right away, I am disgusted by the MMA fan base out there who has so little faith in our competitors that we are already just writing Ben Askren off as if he's being thrown to the Lions in ancient Rome. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, it's Jake Paul. The guy's had two fights. Two! Two fights. One was against, like, an NBA player, I think, who's never boxed before, and the other was against a YouTuber. He's had two fights. I looked it up. A combined total of three minutes and 42 seconds, total fight time, total experience, ever. That's all this guy's got. The rest of the time, he's chasing Dylan Danis down, throwing water balloons, all that shit. Going against Ben Askren, 20 pro fights, a lot of which went to long decisions in front of millions of people. This guy is not going to shy away in front of anything. Like, I think that's really what it comes down to is like, he's not going to be afraid of the crowd. The nerves aren't going to be there for Ben Askren. He's already stared across the stage, the stage of straight savages. Yeah, you bring up his hip. But again, I bring this up all the time. The Undertaker got his hip redone, went against John Cena at WrestleMania, and he looked great. And as far as his hip goes, look, I'm going to leave it off to this and then I'll pass it on to you guys. I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Ben Askren, let's go. Money train. Yeah, man, I, I, I like how much faith you have in Ben Askren. But, uh, <laughs> dude, his face is the most hittable face that I've ever seen. I mean, it, for a professional fighter, his face is just about as inviting as my pillow is for my face at night. It is wear, warm and waiting for me. Uh, you know, Ben Askren, you know, his he probably has as much striking time standing up as Paul does. So, I mean, you're talking about he's got, like, experience. He doesn't have much experience standing up striking uh, versus more than Jake Paul. So, I mean, I, I'm going to have to side with the professional athlete just, just because I'm going to please God and please almighty God that that this that, that an upper echelon athlete like Ben Askren with the wrestling caliber, I, I really have no faith in his striking. But please, please don't embarrass us, man. We're, we're relying on you. Well. Real quick, hold on. Let, me, let me just jump on that, that point real quick. Just give me one second. Like, what you just said is like, don't embarrass us. Embarrass us to who? Like, the, the, the diehard boxing scene, I'm not sure that even exists. Like, <laughs> embarrass us as I mean, don't be your old YouTube fan base will mock <laughs> us if Ben Askren gets knocked out. And that is a healthy fan base. That's what would carry us into my the next generation my brother Fishback. warm my brother war machine has a better chance straight out of prison versus paul for sure <laughs> standing up than uh ben Askren does so yeah, I'm, I, I mean i i really wish it was your, dad, your brother actually threw with some power <laughs> oh big big power so he would knock his ass down that's what i'm saying at least give us an mma fighter with some actual stand-up skills ben Askren ain't that guy man i mean he could be sponsored by casper his pillows or hands are so soft <laughs> Well, quick, quick pause. I, I'm, I'm loving this and we'll hop back to this. Just want to quick say hello to Mel M there from Australia. Appreciate that. That's pretty hello, cool. Lynn from Calgary. We're spacing out here. We already got 110 people watching us live. And thank you, Jackie Girl, for our first award of the night. Uh, I'm just, I, I want to see, like, I want to tell, oh, and from Seattle. What's up, Peter? How you doing, man? Oh, Sorry from the half team. Um, I don't want to attack you too hard, Mikey Gill. So I'm trying to like soften a blow. And <laughs> a lot of time has passed with a couple of things you said because I, I, I had some good quips, but obviously the, the time has passed on those. So I'm trying to find a way to reinvent them and rebring them up. I can talk about The Undertaker some more. I'll do that anytime. No, no, I'm, 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 so, I'm sold. I'm solid on that. <laughs> I have random pro wrestling references, but 99.9% .9 of that is from the movie Ready to Rumble. Right. So okay. once it gets past that, I start, I start to lose more and more. Um, but. <laughs> But the thing with uh, Askren's hip, even though it got fixed, is here's the difference between him and The Undertaker. I'm willing to tell you that Undertaker, as far as I know, is a fantastic athlete. I'll, I'll give you that. He was a college basketball player. Good guy. There you go. Not professional, though, but that's cool. He, he was offered to play in Lithuania. He turned it down to wrestle. Lithuania. Mm -hmm. I could play professional basketball. <laughs> and I'm only 6'4". I mean, that's pretty tall. <laughs> okay, so whatever, whatever, whatever. So, But the whole entire point in uh, your hips is that's 100% where your power comes from in boxing. Mm -hmm. And also, Ben Askren has never been able to twist in that way while he strikes. It's very robotic, all upper body punches. And we've ne anytime we've seen him punch for a prolonged period of time, those are the times that he has gotten tired. And yeah, can't but, actually go. So I, you, you had your you had your point about uh, cardio and eight rounds, but that's eight rounds of wrestling. 
what well, he runs wrestling, but you know what I mean. That's timed wrestling that he's used to. Something foreign like striking, he may get tired after a round. And thank you, Ryan Richards, our sugar daddy, throwing in there already. Yeah, but think mm. of, like why why do people get tired when they shouldn't get tired? It's because they're nervous and they're expending a lot of nervous energy. I don't think that's going to happen for this guy. He's going to be fighting in front of a crowd. He's used There's to no that. Crowd. There's not going to be a crowd. You keep bringing up the crowd. There's still uh, no crowds. This I, fight I keep, will not be in front of a crowd. I, sorry, I saw, I saw fans this weekend. I got, I got excited. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> there might be like, uh, like a, maybe 150 to 200 quote big wig people, and those are the people that are going to be booing Ben Askren anyway. We're, we're relying on on basically our old dog that has hip dysplasia is what we're we're, we're working with Ben Askren. Yeah, those, those pure fixed. breeds with the hip dysplasia. He yeah. is a pure that curly hair. It's perfect. He it, it's yeah. it's right on point. He's like a Bijan Frise with hip, hip dysplasia, <laughs> but he's got repaired hip dysplasia, and that's that's important. That's, mm-hmm. it, it, we're not talking total hip replacement. We're talking the Birmingham hip replacement. They put the little spinning saucer in him. He is good to go. He walked out of the hospital that day. That sounds like witchcraft. <laughs> Sorry, it's like the movie Face Off. They have those new anti-inflammatories. You're ready to go in like a day or two. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. We could end that chat better than talking about uh, Face Off. So, so, so we will end with that. <laughs> um, hey, Peter. Yes, we uh, we will get to Conor McGregor reviewing a couple of the cards. And you know you are not too late. We are going to go over that for sure when we go over UFC 257 in earnest. He is asking if Conor McGregor has peaked in his career. Neither of you answer. We will get there. We need to do a little bit of review before we get to that point, and that will be closer to like the main event before we get into a little fun discussion on the lightweight division in general, kind of attorney situation that Mikey Gills has proposed, and Conor McGregor is definitely a part of that. So we will get there. But let's jump into a – obviously, this is going to be like lightning quick review faster than we probably have ever done. One, because we're trying to keep this show good and tight, not go too long, because obviously there's no – previewing an upcoming card but we're going to talk a little bit about ufc on abc one yes i knew they were eventually going to title that even though they didn't do it till the day of so all the hashtags were completely completely messed up yeah you got lynn in there saying that yes he has peaked hi jamie saying what's up to us what's up right back to you jamie b okay so quick in terms of what happened at ufc on abc one and we'll probably hit Probably two or three of those going back, mainly just one. Like we don't really need to focus too much on that, but we need to give this one review so we can give our man Mikey Gills proper credit there <laughs> for how well he did on DraftKings for this card. So first off, Austin Lingo beat Jacob Kilburn by unanimous decision. Vanessa Mello is a huge underdog. Got a U- UD, unanimous decision. That's kind of my abbreviations on here, so I apologize if that ever happens when I say it that way. Beat Sarah Morris, and again, in lower level female MMA fights, like we always say, if you go with the dog, you'll end up ahead. Here's another plus 200 here. So Ramazan Ameyev got a split decision over David Zawada. Man, Zawada came for it. That was close. Uh, touche to him there. Uh, Carlos Felipe got a split decision over Justin Taffa. The newcomer Jocelyn Edwards got a name decision over Yanan Wu. Uh, Oh, that's right. This was one of the first times one of our bets got canceled. The Envov versus Haas fight did not happen. Soriano got my man Dusko there in the first round, just made him look silly, man. That was rough. The hype train got derailed. Yoquin Buckley, Jacqueline Buckley got head kick KO'd by Alessio Deke Chirico. I was so mad because I was really hoping for a big dog price in the next fight. I wasn't sure Alessio Deke Chirico could do it, but man, he did. Ponzinibbio, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Sorry, that's who we're talking about next. And even with a loss, Santiago Ponzinibbio got him his face lit up in the first round by Lee. Man, two years off was a long time. Carlos Condit became a D1 wrestler, and you got a NAMS decision victory over Matt Brown. And then our man, Max Holloway, got a NAMS decision. But that's not even like there needs to be something more intense and powerful than a unanimous decision victory to describe what happened there, but Holloway got it. So before we go full bore into that main event quickly, and then we can review how well Mike Gilson did on DraftKings, are there any of those other fights that you want to hit? Just go in rapid succession, quick thoughts. I will first go with Real Mike. Is there any of those in there other than Max Holloway, obviously, that you want to wax poetic on for a little bit? Oh, just Maxi, baby. You know, you want me to spout on it right now or wait? I said anything but Max. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> like That's literally anything about. but Max. Yeah. No, done. <laughs> uh, no, I know we're, uh, we're in the interest of saving time tonight. Just uh, I'm good. Okay. That's for that, fair. For that card. 
Let's go. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll I'll just give a quick thing before that. I mean, quick kudos for Carlos Condit. I mean, he has shown that he does have some new wrinkles and he can beat fellow aged veterans. So keep him around for a little bit. I very, very much appreciate that. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy. He wasn't embarrassed. I don't, I don't know who else to give him after this, but he he can he could win a few more given correct style matchups. Now, Max Holloway. Yes, right, we'll go with Max Holloway. I'm gonna throw it first to Real Mike to go off on Max Holloway, and then I will give it to you, Mikey Gills, because then after you talk about Max Holloway, I want you to talk about how DraftKings went for you on this card. I will finish off before we move on to the next card this might be a record for how fast we're doing a fight card but let's do it <laughs> yeah i mean what, uh, what do you say uh, what can you say about the 808 boy the blessed one uh, max holloway uh you know if you go back to the podcast when i we talked about uh, if you should bet him or not i told you you bet you should bet your house you bet your firstborn kid bet everything the only reason why we didn't bet that main event is because we aren't betting main events otherwise we would have probably max bet that and uh, had that money quite easily uh, you know, his volume is is just unreal. Like I said, you know, I knew the jujitsu department, he was going to be more than well-versed uh, and, and it have no uh, problem. But uh, people were thinking that Cater's boxing was uh, going to be something special. But, I mean, Max showed us something else, man. He was talking to the commentators and the announcers as he's boxing. He's not even looking at Qatar's defense. He's dipping and dodging his head, and he's still landing on point with the strikes after. It's just absolutely incredible, the man Maxi Baby. I love a man that he's, uh, you know, to me, he's the champion. He beat Matt, uh, Volkanovski the last time. Uh, I want to see them fight again, and I know that Volkanovski is running. He says whatever he wants, but he knows that that volume and that pressure uh, it builds, it makes diamonds. So let's see. Uh, I want to see Maxi fight. Volkanovski fake an injury, um, get COVID, do whatever you got to do to not do this rematch. Four hundred and forty-five significant strikes landed. That's kind. Of, Mike said everything. I don't even know what I can add to that. Uh, just. When you, when you are throwing four or landing 455 significant strikes and talking to the commentators while ducking punches, you're on another level. You're on a level that I don't want to mess with, and I don't think Volkanovski wants it either, but he's probably going to have to after that. So, I'm, again, just make a, make a smart career move, find a way out. But that's all I got for that foot. <laughs> just, uh, just quickly, I want to give a little bit of credit um, there. Thank you, Jamie B. I appreciate being referred to the Brian as the group, yeah, real Mike is definitely AJ with that headband, and yeah, yeah but, even uh, Mike Gills is Nick. Oh, who, I'll, who, I'll give you that one. I will give you Nick? all that one. And just so you know, that you are my fire, the one desire. Believe when Wait. I say I want it that way. Now we're gonna move on. I need to talk about Max <laughs> Holloway. Nick? He's my guy. She, she listed members of Backstreet Boys, dude. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm trying so to figure out the Backstreet Nick? Boys song. It's like, but Nick's the young one, isn't he? Uh, yeah, well, I think you look, you look so, dude, got I, that baby face. Well, no, 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 that's not I what I'm talking about. Against no, I'm sorry. We got... fan here, so hey, take your name, much. bro. You got to take the name they give you. There's nothing we can do about it, bro. Your but this name... is nonsense. Did you guys watch the documentary on the Backstreet Boys? Brian no, used to beat I Nick up. I don't, I don't well, like that. You know, I, mean, sorry, I, could bro. I, don't, I don't know what to say, dude. Six four, bro. I'm not afraid of you anymore. All right, he's crazy. He's a Viking. Uh, and yes, Brad, Chachuk, if you just put a little bit of money in, there is some vibrate action that happens. I could I could reverberate my voice. You put this, the speaker in a certain place. Like if, if you ever watched uh, Private Parts, the Howard Stern movie, you just you just lay down the speaker. I'll do some vibrating right into the mic. We'll, I, we'll just see what happens. And, and this, folks, is why we cannot stay under one hour on a podcast. <laughs> Dude, what are you talking are about? This is, this is light speed still for a car. Sorry, sorry. My, my oh. bit on Max. I talked about Max a little bit. Uh, I believe it was last week going into it. But Max Holloway put on a virtuoso performance. The sheer output that man put on what he can do in a fight. The hardest part is... He looked utterly fantastic, but going against someone like Volkanovski, it's not that he won't look good against Volkanovski. Volkanovski slows things down so much. He takes away the output of Max Holloway. Don't be wrong. I thought Max Holloway won the second fight. I truly did. I'm pretty sure I bet him both times. I still think he is the better fighter. That's why my dream, and I think it has a, some legs here, is that when uh, Volkanovski fights Ortega, Ortega beats him over the court, like in the fourth or fifth round. Crazy submission takes the dude out, and then we get Max Holloway or Tega two for the title, which I am one hundred percent down for. Now we're gonna go again. We're almost done with this fight card already, but Mikey Gillis, you didn't give me what you were supposed to give me, man. I can't, I can't believe it. Thank you, yeah, sorry for the. Yeah, I want your draft because you were virtuoso on this DraftKings and two fifty seven. 
little bit so, of lull on the next one, but the average was still great. So I want to hear how well you did here on so, ABC on UFC on ABC one. So um, real quick, it was the week, it was the night before the Conor McGregor fight week, but we had a red panty night. Just throwing that one out at the beginning. Five hundred and forty-two <laughs> points. Now on this card, we talk or on this show, we talk about like if you go over four hundred ish, you're already kind of near the territory where you're gonna make money. Like four fifty is kind of my personal goal. Five forty is you're taking home somebody else's money. Like that's that's all kinds of good stuff. Just a real quick rundown. Max Holloway two oh nine four forty five strikes landed. Let's go, Matt Brown. You let me down. I thought you were gonna wrestle a little bit more. In fact, you got dominated on the ground. 28 points. Lee Jing Lang, we went over that last week. The leech does not suck. 108 points. Let's go. Just go to Todorovic. Look, what happened was we we got it wrong. Just on the way in, he got a little too cocky with his lean back style. The fat Joe, he got uh, cracked. He, he, he's garbage. No excuses. Dusko, don't ever bet him again. Right, <laughs> Fair enough. Nine points. He's right. Don't ever bet on nine points. Next up, Ameev, 93.8 points. Like, look, I'll be honest. I wanted to finish there. 94 points isn't too bad. I'll take it. thought I could do a little bit more with the ground game, but whatever. You escape with the win, and that's what counts. Uh, last up, Austin Lingo, 92.8 uh, points. I missed that fight. I was out grabbing a drink. It happens sometimes, as you can tell. 542 points. Let's go. Great start. <laughs> Mikey, you're an animal, bro. Fucking love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Truly, sir. truly. Okay, we already up to 218 people here watching live. We're good. For, I'm not sure we're going to break records that we did last week, but let's. I'll tell you what. Let's let's get a firm number two. I'm going to go go with a firm number two. Next, I up, prefer a do... soft number two. But yeah. No. Oh. oh. <laughs> Sorry. Even I don't know, man. Even the soft number two. That's still pretty sad. Sorry. We're, we're getting back <laughs> on task here at least i'm trying man i'm i'm trying <laughs> next up the fight card that we probably will even buzz through even faster no offense to anyone who fought on that but we got chiesa versus magni that fight card obviously was originally supposed to have a better main event and i mean it was still a good main event in my opinion but it's kind of the way i went with it um first off umar Nurmagomedov, gigantic favorite actually lived up to where he was at it was not close whatsoever he had round two rear naked choke going to butcher this name i've heard it referred to like 12 different ways <clears throat> manan Faro. and nailed that minus 170 beat uh leonardo by tko head kick and punches in round two matt schnell got the split over nam davis got the incision over mason jones i i like mason jones at the dog odds and I, I think he squeaked that one away but i was biased didn't bet on it but was biased uh little figgy little mini figgy GG Figgy, whichever, like any, I have mini figure right down. It really could be any one of those. You got the NAMP decision there over Jerome Rivera. Dolce Lungumbula did not get a knockout. It was not pretty, but he got a NAMP decision over Marcus Perez. Uh, Sumaderji looked mortal against uh, Adeshev. He still got the NAMP decision, but probably closer than it should have been. Uh, Ricky Simon looked like the favorite he should have been. Man, he went in there and just utterly destroyed. Uh, Pirello got that round through arm triangle choke. Omari Akhmedov made everyone on this show happy when he arm triangle choked Tom Breeze in the second round. Always yeah, happy babe. when that happens. Um, Leon, uh, Lerone, Leron, going to get that wrong a lot of times. Murphy got the name decision over Douglas Dandrage. Roxanne Modafari fell to Viviana Araujo and just got straight brutalized, but we're still up on Modafari overall since she's always such a big underdog. Like Villanueva won in the fight of guys that shouldn't be in the UFC, so he gets to keep a contract. Warley Alves with some amazing body kicks and clinch work early on put down Lizez and just... I want to say finished him off, but as soon as he got hit really hard to the body, dude just crumbled, and he was done then because most of the follow-up punches didn't exactly land in a major way, at least in my opinion, but he got the finish there in the first round. In the main event, Michael Chiesa just like wore Magni down and mounted him for a prolonged period of times and just big brothered the ever-loving crap out of Magni for I, the better part of five rounds. Magni I was barely ever in that fight. I haven't been so disgusted in a fight in so long where <laughs> I could be so wrong. And it's exactly why we haven't been betting main events because I would have been exactly. like, hey, bro, we're going to bet. We're going to bet Magni. This is going to be easy. <laughs> we're going to max bet this. But you know what I did? We put all my feelings aside because I hate Chiesa. And I was like, <laughs> We're not doing this main event stuff because Bob and I made the rule. I've so, lost so much money on Chase over the course of his career. It's not even funny. Thank God. <laughs> I, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get some money soon because he's he's up there so far up the upper echelon now. He's gonna get pieced up. So, 
obviously that was a very fast go through obviously um are there any fights in there that you guys want to cover could pick two or three or none that is 100 up to you i'm gonna go with mike gills first this time yeah is there um, anyone you want to highlight just the man and fear i fight the first fight of the night um we had, we got into it on the show a little bit about like does she have power does she not i just wish i would have stuck to my convictions on that one mm. and put her in the DraftKings lineup so she got another finish and that's in that division, a finisher is very rare. It's a commodity. So that's something you got to look out for in the future of Man and Furyat. That it? Just that one? Yep. I mean, I can tell you how upset I was with a bunch of others, but I can, I can give you a 10 <laughs> second. I can give you a 10 second DraftKings if you want. Uh, we'll, I'll tell you what, we'll go to real life first for his opinions on here if he wants to hop in, and then you can give your yeah. uh, DraftKings spiel when we go over your DraftKings. So, real Mike, anything specific over this fight card that you want to hit before I give my two cents? No, um, you know, Bob and I both fired on uh, underdogs on this one because we felt like they had the jiu-jitsu edge. The jiu-jitsu edge didn't happen at all, so they both mm-hmm. deserve to get their ass beat. So, it is what it is. Can't wait to talk about UFC 257 where we steamrolled. Yeah, uh, quickly, just at least on my end, is uh, I went with Roxanne Matafari because in general and still overall, she's been a money train for me. I've made more money on her than probably any other fighter this past year, calendar year, if you want to go. Because obviously we're into 2021 now. Even if you count this loss, I'm still ahead on her because she's always such a huge underdog and does great work in general. And I just thought this was going to be one of those spots where she was fighting someone that didn't have the experience of her. And usually it takes next level athletes to beat her, but I guess maybe that's Arujo. Um, really, the only two spots that I regret isn't bet wise because I didn't bet him. It was because I wanted to bet him. And we put it off. I really liked Akhmedov. When me and Real Mike were talking about bets before we did the show, we were really big on Akhmedov, but we had to table it because both of us have utter disdain for Tom Breeze. So sometimes <laughs> it's hard to distinguish if so we much. actually really like Akhmedov or if so we much. just don't like Tom Breeze. And honestly, Tom Breeze showed in the first round why we need to put our feelings aside and sometimes not bet his fights at all. Cause dude, when he is on, he looks like a rock star, but then it came back on him. And then the other thing I am upset that I really liked Warley Alves when I first saw the odds on this one. And then in listening, listening to other breakdowns and reading a couple articles on it and watching some fights, I'm like, I don't know, man, Lizaz does look really good. So I backed away from it. And then by fight time, I think Alves was plus 200 favorite and I had no money on it. And he just destroyed him in the first round. So sometimes, saying, look, you, sometimes hey, you gotta go with your gut. And, and, my, and my rule and my rule is the OG versus the, the new guy bro and what happened it's true it's yep. true that would have worked and also i feel like alva's in an alley you're you're dropping the alley theory would work too because i think uh farley sure. alice would mess some people up in an alley whereas lizaz would just i don't know take a selfie i don't, I don't know much about lizaz so i'm just gonna Dude, those three kicks were vicious into the uh, liver rib cage man so um yes. if you want to give your 10 second rant on DraftKings, by all means we all didn't do yes. so great on this card but even overall your average between these three was still pretty top notch all right so more so than the actual fight card there's a lesson to take away here and it's called humility it's called uh pride mm-hmm. pride comes before the fall if after two- hubris hubris yeah sure <laughs> if, if after two fights you're looking really good do not under any circumstances take to social media to start bragging because you won't win another fight for the rest of the night. Because that's what happened to us. Uh, to me, not to, to me. It was it was awful. All you, your fault. Yeah. After Umar Nurmagomedov <laughs> and Mason Jones scored a bunch of points, Mason Jones is an underdog. Um, literally everything else went to absolute hell. The disrespect pick of the night was obviously Michael Chiesa. I was very tough on him. I'm still not a fan of him, but God damn, did he whoop Neil Maggie. So that is all. 349 points. I I don't even remember it. It's awful. <laughs> But here's the funny part about this stuff is, granted, I don't play DraftKings. I have dabbled periodically. Sometimes I've actually done pretty well. But, like, I would mark it as a bonus. Sometimes when I would even hit in that range because, like, in a big enough game or in a lot of ways, in a small enough game, you still walk away at least with your money and then make it a little bit. So yeah, this yeah. proves that this is why he's DraftKings. I am not because I would be ecstatic about a 349 and he hit two upper 500s or, I guess, mid. 500s on these last two which is insane so good (laughs) since that's pretty much all we're gonna do for this fight card obviously the most recent fight card the biggest fight card which in terms of mikey gills i sorry man so when you said it last week it was it was utterly flawless that some people have prelim events and conor has prelim cards yep that was it was it's true he got two of them and then he was definitely the high point 
of there. But we're going to hop into UFC 257, Poirier versus McGregor 2. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, combination of really exciting fights, some crazy finished fights, and then just some disgusting fights. We'll, we'll hit everything here. You, you were, you're going to walk away. At the very end, you're going to be happy. In the beginning, you're going to kind of be lackluster. At one point, about a quarter of the way through, you're going to feel a little bit dirty. About three quarters of the way through, you're going to regret your life decisions. And then once you get to that final, like that that final quarter mile with those last two fights, you're just going to like, like it's just reverberating happy tingles from head to toe. It's you like get that, it, you get that runner's point. high. That runner's high. It's full circle there. It's full circle. Um, <laughs> I'll do quick results as we always do. And then we will do a little bit more, not exactly like fight by fight breakdown, but we are for sure going to hit the majority of these in a major way. But quickly, Amir Albazi got the unanimous decision over Zuma Gulov. Mavsar Evlov got the split decision. I'm still not sure about that, although Nicklens got a close, uh, like a near submission there in the first round. Marcin Procnio got a unanimous decision. It's in the notes this way, and if you're watching the video, there is heavy parentheses around <laughs> that unanimous decision victory. We'll get to the disgrace that was just that fight in general eventually. Probably talk way too much about it, but it's going to happen. Next up, Juliana Pena. Pena beat Sarah McMahon the way Sarah McMahon loses by a third round submission in a fight she's dominating. Brad Tavares got the unanimous decision against Antonio Carlos Jr. Biggest regret on that one is by fight time. I believe Brad Tavares was a slight underdog. And if that was the case, that probably would have been a bet on the show. Mm-hmm. Although probably well, a third bet, but because we both love Brad Tavares. It was a great yeah. spot. He was a little bit too steep when we recorded this, but yeah, slight dog would have been good. Um, so this one was weird. Uh, two fights fell out because of someone trying to pull a Mission Impossible. So Armin Sarayukin fought Matt Frivola and beat him at the institution. We'll get into all that stuff later as well. Uh, Marion Rodriguez, again, lower level female MMA. The dog won. I just blindly threw on that one. Plus 255, got the TKO in round two against Amanda Rebus, which I'm still kind of shocked about. Mahmed Muradov made it through that first round of Sanchez that he has and got a third round flying knee and punches. Jojo Calderwood, cash for us here on the Nam Station victory over just I. We'll get to that one too. Michael Chandler made it look easy against Dan Hooker in the first round with a left hook and ground and pound. It's not really ground and pound. It was it was body kick, left hook, and then repeated right hand strikes to the side of the head. I, I think there was about eight of them before they finally called it. And then Dustin Poirier got a round two TKO over Conor McGregor and just, oh man, was that nice. Okay, so we're going to hop back up to the beginning of that one. We're going to skip a few, obviously, but basically what I'll do is you guys can't see the video. Well, people you watching live on Haps and all 276 of you, hello, yeah, you guys watching live Haps, I will say a fight. Just lift your finger if you want to talk about it, and we'll kind of cut through. Obviously, we're going to talk predominantly about a few fights on here, but if you got a little two cents, by all means do it. And, yes, we will do a full DraftKings breakdown at the end of this as well as a bet recap because this is the most recent thing. We always do a bet recap on the show or immediately after the event. So you heard what we did for the last for the first two events, but since this is the most recent event, you'll hear what we did on this particular one. So first fight, Amir Al-Bazi versus Mugulov. Anyone got anything to say? There you go. Yeah, I, Mills, hit it. Yeah, I just want to say that going into this fight, one of the things that I was talking about as far as Abazi goes is he needed to uh, just upgrade his striking a little bit. That's where I thought he was going to suffer in this fight. Even the commentators were talking about it. It looks like he made great leaps in that. So he's going at 14 and one right now with his ground game and with his improving striking game. He's just somebody to look out for going forward. That's quick. quick no, no I, I agree with there. I was actually, I was very uh, impressed with him there. I did pick him on the show mainly because I thought this was going to be a close flyweight fight and he was the dog. So that's just what I went, but I, I, I was very impressed with him. Actually, we watched that fight uh, this morning and no, it's def- definitely a good fight. Uh, Nick Lentz versus Evliov. Anybody there about just yeah. really about that submission? I mean, it was, it was real tight. I mean, what? It's just the age-old question of like submission versus submission attempts versus damage. How do you score it? A lot of people were upset about the 29-28. I can see it. Don't necessarily agree, but I can see it. I can't understand how we could score it at the fight for Lentz. I, I could understand by uh, position and then control of the submission and near submission in the first round, giving it ever so slightly for Lentz. But finding any other round to give him, yeah. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little at a loss. 
Yeah, he, he definitely lost the, he lost that fight, but it was definitely closer than uh, the odds definitely indicated it was going to be. Uh, but you know, Evlavlish, you know, did his thing, and Lens, you know, the the problem is, is when you're on your back going for submissions, it just looks bad, you know. When yeah. you're going for guillotines, when you're going for things off your back, it, if the if the judges don't know jujitsu, which we know they don't, because we're fucking retarded half of them. Uh, you know, sorry for that word. Uh, but either way, the <laughs> uh, point is that they're stupid and that they don't really know what they're doing, so they don't know jujitsu, and so not scoring that at all no yeah i mean obviously that's yes, way closer than it should have been i was actually i was in and they talked about it a little bit on the broadcast i was very impressed with uh, evlyev's uh, composure and how like usually someone that early in their ufc career they get put in that spot that's you're gonna get one of those panic taps of just like oh i've never been in this bad of a position before in a real fight i'm gonna i'm gonna tap this out but yeah other than that uh absolutely i'll tell you what we're gonna we need to like We'll, we'll do this not while the show is recording we'll come up with like a list of like ulterior words that you can say when you want to say certain things then though because those could just be like the new lexicon that way there's no way you could ever get in trouble it'll be perfect <laughs> right. uh, next up we have a this one was a rough one mainly because i still think the breakdown that we had for this fight is how it would go like nine times out of ten apparently we got the one time where khalil, khalil roundtree forgot that marcin praxino loves to get hit in the face and loves to get knocked down when he's hit to the face, like super easy by guys like Mike Rodriguez. I said that Mike Rodriguez and Khalil Roundtree didn't do much of any of it. I mean, he, he looked fairly good early on and it ended up being a super, super close decision that I would have given to Roundtree, but it went the other way. But I almost, I'm almost glad it went the other way because I'm like, you don't shouldn't fight a guy like this this way. You could have killed this man in three minutes. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to go too much into that one because, like, I know of everybody here that probably hurts Mikey Gills the most. So I'm going to make him wait till last. So real Mike, thoughts on that fight? If not, we can give it to Mikey Gills yeah. no, before he starts so, crying. You know, I I was upset about it for a little bit, and then I started thinking back, and I was like, man, in round two, it, it was all Cleo's fault for not chasing the finish when he had it there. The guy was hurt really bad. He could have just ended the fight with probably, you know, a eight punch combo aggressively against the cage or the octagon so you know that's what he, he has to learn from those uh, mistakes um I'll, I'll, I'll cover it bigger in DraftKings. he cost me a car uh, i actually <laughs> you know the numbers you told me that that is absolutely true hey thank you yeah. uh, namian i think this is the first time you're here in our chat yeah. thank you for that high five warm there absolutely and then prime bringing it in with a teamwork dream work i very much appreciate that and the 302 of you watching live currently Next up, like I said, Sarah McMahon lost the way Sarah McMahon loses. She looked to be in phenomenal shape. She controlled Juliana Pena and just like it was domination basically for two rounds. Like, oh, this is awesome. And she could just skate. But again, it's Sarah McMahon. I don't know why she loves getting subbed in the third round so hard. I mean, kudos to, I don't know if he's still in there, but Brad Cheshire, who's in who was in the chat earlier about his invention of mom quit. I like, but they both recently had kids. I don't know how this is going to work, but then a man had her second and apparently just the average is outweighed and she still gets subbed in the third round. I don't, I don't got much past that point. Mike Gill's thoughts on McMahon, McManny. I'm just glad I took her out of the DraftKings lineup. Oh yeah. So, oh, that's I, all that, that, was that last minute? That was the last yeah. minute one. That was me on Saturday. Uh, oh, I, if you follow me on Twitter, I was having a panic attack throughout the day between two different lineups. Mikey and, and she, I, Mike and I finalized one, right, Mikey? Yeah, and we were DMing each other. I was like showing them, like, ah, oh, which one, man? But no. So, but like, yeah. Anyway, that's. Uh, I don't want to wax poetic on it. Glad I took her out. Yeah, she's a she's an absolute quitter, man. I mean, the fact that she could literally take down uh, Pena so easily and then do absolutely nothing with it in the end, uh, her jiu-jitsu game was absolutely garbage. Even when she had the dominant position, she failed to get her hooks in. She failed to get a body triangle. She just fails. So, I mean, she needs to just quit. <laughs> My favorite was, did you see, I retweeted because I thought it was utterly hilarious. Did you see uh, Amanda Nunez's response to Juliana Pena calling her out? Yeah, I did. I saw that. It was like it was the most ultimate shutdown burn that you can possibly have of just like Juliana Penny be like, "You're ducking me. You're ducking me." But like I've been waiting like five years for you to get in contender status, and you always lose the contender yeah. fight. It was I mean, it was much more concise and uh, well put than that. But I very much appreciated that. Yeah. And, and yes, Brad Chashuk, he's still in the chat. Yeah, two is greater than one. You would think the math would have worked out great, but I don't know. I, I thought that. Maybe it would have gone the other way. And sh- hey, you figured out how to do awards too. Appreciate that. That 10 cents. It adds up over time. 
it does add up over the time. <laughs> we're, we're almost to the point where we can cash out. You get to a certain amount, you can cash out money hitting certain thresholds and we're close a couple shows in. So yeah, I, I don't know what to say, say about that. I hope Julia Pena gets the Amanda Nunez fight. Uh, sorry, Amanda Nunez fight because I mean, any price. I'm sorry, any price. <laughs> yeah, the, the Nunez response on Twitter was the female Brazilian electronic version of who the fuck is that guy. It was fantastic. Pretty like, much. That's it. <laughs> and thank and thanks for the pronunciation there. Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. I've, I've tried to make your name overly difficult with the, the Namian. It's just Namin. I'm I'm getting that now. I'm not I'm not as good on the, the hip cool kid lingo, but mm. we're, we're rolling with it. We're rolling with it. Um, okay, we just did. I'm all kinds of turnaround. So we're on Brad Tavares and there you go. Sorry, I scrolled the wrong direction. I'm only human. Okay, we're scrolling the right direction. Uh, like, like I said before, the Brad, uh, Brad Tavares number is what kept us from having this as a bet because there was a possibility of this being a super close fight. It ended up not necessarily being that way. I love Brad Tavares here in this fight, but and he ended up as an underdog because so many people were playing Antonio Carlos Jr. And I just loved Brad Tavares' takedown game and his uh, Muay Thai game and in the clinch has always been very good. Obviously, he was going to probably have to stay away from the clinch for portions of it because of uh, Carlos Jr.'s ground game. But uh, I do want to get to that point. I know you all were also fairly high on Brad Tavares, uh, Real Mike. I can't remember if we talked about this being a possible bet or not. Just it was those odds that kept us away. Like if, if we would have had that plus money, that w- we probably would have three bets for this card, which we only have usually for big pay-per-views anyway. Yeah, it was it was a definite possible bet. We just narrowed it down and hit an underdog. It was what I think what you did in the end. But uh, Brad Tavares, like I said, uh, you know, I I'm one of the guys that cashed Dan Kelly versus Carlos Jr. So I know when uh, he has that special quit in him, and I knew that Brad Tavares is is the guy that's going to be quitting of when Carlos Jr. comes at him. He doesn't have enough stand up, and his jujitsu game is good, but his wrestling really isn't that sharp. So either way, it was a great performance by Brad Tavares. I mean, his takedown defense was absolutely spectacular. If if every single person in the UFC or MMA, if they wanted to you know, go take a lesson, go back and watch that fight and watch the way that uh, Brad Tavares uh, you know, fought the hands every single time and the way that he sprawled or the way that he threw his hips out, just absolutely amazing the way that he got uh, Antonio Carlos Jr.'s uh, arm, when he had his hands cl- clasped behind his ass, he was able to slip it up and you know make it higher so he couldn't take him down. It was a beautiful performance by Brad Tavares. Yeah, now nah, Shoeface is like the 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 opposite of Melvin Gillard. Like we need like Rich Clemente to come in here, like learn some striking, Shoeface. If there's anything like that, just yeah. It, right, anytime we can get a <laughs> not even a Melvin Gillard reference, because I mean that that'll, that'll make me happy. All at the end, it kind of gets sad. Whenever we can get a Rich Clemente Dude. reference, that that's what I'm here for. He he DX crotch chopped him after the fight. It's one of my favorite highlights ever. Rich Clemente. One mm-hmm. of the people that subbed Anthony Johnson at 170. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rich Clemente, the guy that at one point fought at 155. Sorry. like that, that, Those are the things in MMA that I just love. A guy that is like an absolute murderous puncher at 205, who never actually weighed in at middleweight, but was a longtime welterweight, got subbed by a one-time lightweight, only in MMA. This is wonderful. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I love the Rich Clemente references. <laughs> um so the fight we got was Armin Sarayukin versus Matt Favola. But that's because Atman Azatar decided to A, cut off his bracelets from the bubble. B, give them to a random. I guess maybe not so random. Three, have a mysterious bag of which we still don't know the contents of steroids brought to a room. And then some type of, I, I said Mission Impossible, but it's almost... It could be Mission Impossible. It's almost like boring identity, the hop from balcony to balcony to go into a room and change some clothes and walk in after you retape the bracelet. It's like it's a bad B-list Netflix Netflix action movie that has like I don't know. I feel like Ty Diggs would be in that movie. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Or For Anthony sure. it sounds like an Anthony Mackey vehicle, really. Oh, that's yes, I, I can give that. I mean, this feels like <laughs> something that like uh, definitely Vin Diesel would have been in before the subsequent Fast and the Furious movies, like when his star was starting to fade, like when, uh, when uh, was it Man Apart fell apart and did Vin- not do very well. I'm going to pitch it to you. Vin Diesel in Fight Island. All that, It sells itself. I'd watch it. I'm pro. I'd watch that. I'm down. I'm down. Okay. So um, <laughs> in terms, yes, as much as we took a huge sidestep yeah, there, sorry. I'm sorry. I still want to know what's in the bag. I, I know we'll never find out. 
But I, like this goes back to like the, the what we talked about in the previous show from uh, Ashwin MMA's thing. It's like, what would you rather know what's inside? I'm like, now I want to know what's in the bag that was at Fight Island because like I feel like I lived through it. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, most li- most likely it was probably uh, an IV drip uh, saline because that's the only thing that would benefit you in such a quick time span. Not even yeah. a steroid would benefit you uh, injecting it that fast, the twenty four hour period or whatever. True. And you know, knowing my big brother, unless uh, it was one of those those uh, those one of those, a- one of those A-Rod guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're solid. Yeah, then you're solid. Yeah, way, quite, po- quite possibly, but but it, it seems like a, a, it, an IV would be the best thing that he would have in that bag. I threw out midget stripper. Uh, I still believe in it. Yeah. I'm not saying the male, male though. I, I that's mean, that's why you're hiding it. That's the only reason you're hiding it. Yeah, I would walk the other one through the front door, but you need a smaller wrist, uh, bracelet. Because so. that's because that's that's obviously that's a that's a big <laughs> secret. Like, I mean, that, about Admin Azatar, I don't know if you knew that, but I'm sorry, I don't want to get too no, like, no, this, no. This guy's willing to scale buildings in Abu Dhabi. I don't want to say too many mean things, otherwise, I'm gonna be looking around my back in the Midwest, wondering when Admin Azatar is gonna appear behind me. Um, hey, Pablo, how you doing? We got Pablo from the Habs team. He did some major help for us during our initial run, trying to figure this thing out in our first run shows. Thank you, Mr. Primetime there for the street cred award no that was the thing but thank you uh <laughs> ryan richard throwing the waterworks award not sure if that is crying from laughing or crying because we're making you sad i'm gonna go with laughing but you could let me know a little bit in the chat we got 421 people there in the chat awesome this is going oh there you go spread that's a really good idea brad trestrick says it could be the a wizenator in that bag that's a good one that'd be a, that'd be a solid idea because maybe he would have gotten just canned no matter what once the those tests came back i mean <laughs> Although I don't think USADA is welcome within Abu Dhabi. They kind of handle everything on their own. I mean, you can just ask a few guys that fought on the fight card. Um, I mean, I don't want to throw out too many accusations, but like maybe Procneo with his like 12 growths that were going on in his abdomen. But Or if Dan Kelly, which we talked about last episode, was on this card, we could really cue up a Dan R. Kelly Wizenator joke, but it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, does anybody have anything for uh, – Armin yeah. Saryukin, um, and nope. Afrobola. Just move past it. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. I'm good. I'm good. Awesome. So uh, I was big on Amanda Rebus. Didn't bet it. Too high of a dog. I had so many people tell me that the value was on Rodriguez. I didn't see it. I was wrong. Anybody got anything there? I mean, I know at one point, uh, Real Mike, Marina Rodriguez was your lady for there for a little bit. Or am I mixing her up with somebody else? No, no. I liked her. I actually liked her in this fight, too. But I didn't even get to go on the show. The power cut off last week. So I didn't get to give you my input on this one. But I liked Marina Rodriguez as uh, striking. I thought she was way more deadly than uh, Rebus. But uh, it is what it is now. So yeah, well, yeah. that's what that's what happens. Um, next up, I mean, this kind of went as was as much as, as I think I said. I think we all kind of echoed. Muradov, if he made it through that first round of Sanchez, it was him all the way in third round finish. I thought it could have happened in the second, but there you go. Anything particular on that one other than the fact that Muradov looks like a killer and that's about no, it. He, Muradov looked amazing. Uh, homeless abuse. That's all I got. That's true. That's true. That was, that was a thing going around. I totally agree with that. A uh, big shout out here in that next fight. And yes, it was laughing. Awesome. Me and Ryan Richardson laugh. Everything's good. Um, <laughs> Jojo Calderwood got the Nams decision. Absolutely clear decision there. Her striking was absolutely on point. Looked crisp. Looked good. She looked composed. Yes, it was against Jessica I. But that's part of the reason that I was down for this bet that Real Mike brought up. And that's, we cashed on her for one unit there at the minus 120 because it was against Jessica I. And Jessica I thinks she can box. And JoJo can throw straight punches, which will land Jessica I in the eye every single time. So, Real Mike, this was your bet. Feel free to talk on this if you will. Yeah, it was just a, a great time to in a spot to bet JoJo versus uh, someone that was inferior to her. Uh, Jessica I, uh, like I said last week, was pretty much trailer park trash to me, uh, in my opinion. I know it's a little rough, but it is what it is. Uh, striking was as inferior to JoJo's, and the the grappling was as equal or if not better on JoJo's side. So I was stoked to get a one-unit win for the MMA for Money team to get the show rolling. I always love when I get the first one going for the team, and then we lead right back into the next bet that Bob and I liked. McGill's anything for the JoJo Sky fight or shall no, we? I'll, I'll cover that on DraftKings. 
But shout out to cool. Tippy for the conspiracy to take out McGregor. I, I like that. And I like that to see Tippy in the chat, man. Mr. Tippy himself. Yeah, he has thinks there might be a weapon in the bag to take out McGregor. I like that conspiracy. That that's solid. That's solid. Although he didn't even need it because he had a, a diamond of a of a hand knock that man out. Okay, sorry. True. We'll get there. Uh next up in the co-main event, Michael Chandler to, looked about as good as you possibly good in could in a debut. I'm not gonna say it was the best because that's kind of the narrative right now, but there's there's been plenty of great ones. But Chandler just had hooker tentative early, landed a great body kick that dropped the hands, left hook, sent him down, and just like all over him, like not even a scratch on Chandler, just took him out in the first look, utterly phenomenal. We had another bet on that. I wish I got my personal number because we always give out the number that we got on the show. So we got plus 105, so that's one unit to win, 1.05 units here. I got them for a little bit higher later in the week when I post my bets, but this is what we gave out on the show, so we're sticking with that for the number. So. It was 2-0 and on the night there for plus 2.05. We'll go Mike Gills first. Anything specifically on Chandler, or are you going to save in this yeah. for your massive DraftKings download? Uh, no, I was good on Chandler real fast. Just uh, look great, fast early knockout. The one thing that I really wanted to push on this was it's, it's important for the sport to realize that not every top fighter is in the UFC. And when you get an outside champion that comes in like Michael Chandler, even at 35 years old, he comes in and absolutely buzzsaws a top contender in the UFC. That's great for the sport because it makes you take those other organizations just a little more seriously. And if you're a casual fan and you see him coming in, you're going to be more likely now to tune into Bellator to see what their champions are doing. So just, you know, congratulations to that. And on top of that, his post-fight um, his promo that he cut in the cage after the fight, way better than his backflip, I might add, but he, he cut a promo for the ages, and that is just something that he is the total package. Fast knockout guy, can talk, he's good-looking, just that total package. Michael Chandler, you could not have asked for a better debut. Real Mike, thoughts on Iron Mike? Yeah, I was stoked here that you and I even got the blessing of uh, dog or dog money for Michael Chandler, mm-hmm. D1 All-American wrestler who could absolutely scramble with the best people in the world. Uh, it was absolutely crazy to me that they were giving us this versus Dan Hooker. We didn't even get to see the wrestling on Michael Chandler that I thought we would see, and it would just be so dominant because he just absolutely devastated him with his right hand and uh, finished it quite fast. I, I was so stoked to hear him uh, speak because – He's just a great man, a great person, someone to look up to as a role model. Um, you know, my son, Damien, you know, I, I would like him to listen to Michael Chandler speak because he's a uh, very motivating as a uh, very loving, very, uh, positive and godly. I just, I love the kid a lot. If you watch, not the kid, the man a lot. If you watch his post fight press conference, uh, you, you can, uh, learn a lot about him. Uh, one of his quotes was, uh, you got to stop doubting God's best for your life. And that's so true, man, because uh, sometimes God wants the best for you. He wants it so good for you that uh, you are that good to deserve the things that are in front of you. And sometimes, you know, life is so bad where so you got to push through those bad times to get to the good. Dustin Poirier. Yes. TKO'd Conor McGregor. Sorry. Spoiler Let's alert. Go. Spoiler alert. I, I apologize for the 432 of you watching live now. If you didn't know that, that's spoiler alert. I don't have much to say on this one other than the fact that I – Conor McGregor looked okay in the first round. I think he won it. Uh, did some. He got right back up from that takedown. His da- his output was way down uh, in that first round, and it almost seemed like he was starting to come alive in the second. Uh, tagged Poirier up pretty good a couple times, and then Poirier just just changed that fight with one shot. Man, um, the leg kicks were definitely part of it. I know a lot of people are on that narrative, but at some point, it's like it was the shot to the head that really started everything. And then he followed up good. One thing I always talk about Conor McGregor is the one he's such a great finisher because he is methodical when he rocks you. And that's exactly how Dustin Poirier looked here. So big kudos to him. I wish his hot sauce was here. I was going to have that on display, but apparently that stuff shipping takes forever till Friday. Thank you for the super clap award there. Namin, there you go. Uh, hey, right hey, while while we're talking on, we're on the subject of hot sauce. Hey, Crystal Hot Sauce, Bomber Foods. I've been writing you for months. Dude, pause. For a no time. Top, asking for a sponsorship. <laughs> I cook like a mofo. I throw down like nobody's business. Give me Dude, a sponsorship pause. with some Crystal Hot Sauce. No time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're trying to keep this into a nice tight hour here because sometimes when we hit the hour mark, we start to have some glitching. So we're do- we're doing our best. But honestly, that's all mine. I have to do about Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. We'll talk a little bit if we could fit in uh, some tourney talk there at lightweight. So by all means, I'm going to go real Mike, talk as you would, and then Mikey Gills uh, talked about this. In terms of a DraftKings perspective, you can go right into that and how well you did just yeah, sure. on the night as a whole. So go ahead, real Mike. 
Man, it was just uh, absolutely incredible, the Dust in the Diamond Poirier. I, I pretty much, I, I'm not going to lie, I was sat there uh, with my my lady, and I, I figured that this was just a setup for Connor to, to win after he, he beat Dustin last time. But every single time I saw Connor with his shirt off, walking out the hotel, walking around the yacht, walking around, uh, like I said, shirtless. I've been around a lot of fighters my whole life, uh, being around War Machine, Ken Shamrock, and the likes. Uh, these guys don't walk around with their shirt off everywhere, bro. Who the fuck do you think you are, dude? You seriously need to get your head on straight, dude. And that's the type of shit that really makes me not uh, like him in, in the sense of a pro athlete because he's just stupid, bro. I mean, look at look at Mayweather. He doesn't walk around shirtless. He'll watch around the rich as fuck with a TMT shirt on promoting his brand. At least do something, you know, just normal. I don't know, man. I'm so glad to see Dustin Diamond Poirier wreck his ass, especially because my boy Mikey Gills went out on a limb. We put our boy Dustin Diamond Poirier in our tra- draft kings pick and i'll let my boy mikey wax poetic on that ass yeah well i mean we'll get to the draft kings in one second i just, i have to start with conor mcgregor and this is something that i've been saying even before this fight that he has become the oscar de la hoya of mma what i mean by that is if you look go look at oscar de la hoya's career after the trinidad loss after the mosley loss something changed for him he stopped fighting consistently if you look over the last like I want to say eight years of his career, he averages like just over a fight a year. Um, in the lead up to the uh, Floyd Mayweather fight that he had, Floyd's the one that pointed it out. That's where I first heard it. You can't be, you can't stay at a high level in this sport against the top competition if you're fighting so infrequently. And that's what we're seeing with an all-time talent like Conor McGregor, somebody with his striking, that charisma, that calmness in the cage. He's losing everything that made him great. On the way up, he was buzzsawing everybody, and now he's not doing that because he's not fighting frequently enough to do it. Like, is he washed? I don't know. Was he unprepared? I don't know. Is that why he wasn't talking smack? Was he not confident in his training? I, I, these are things I don't know. Is it just the lack of fighting that makes him unconfident? But the one thing about this fight with Connor that really irks me, after the fight's over, in the post-fight press conference, he goes off and talks about the low calf kicks that he has. And this ties into my previous point about how he says, I've never dealt with those before. I, you know, I was unfamiliar with them, I think is what his actual quote. Now, not only is that an indictment on him not fighting, because that's a relatively new popularized technique in this sport. So if, you're, if you are that far removed from the sport that you don't see a technique on the rise and it goes to take you out in a big fight like this, you need to reassess things. You need to start fighting more. But that's also an indictment on his camp for not preparing him for that. All credit to Dustin Poirier. That guy is a monster. Um, a lot of debates this week about whether he's the second greatest lightweight of all time in MMA. I personally think he is. A lot of people got mad. There's a lot of BGF Penn fans out there. But just congratulations to Dustin Poirier. Nobody has ever earned what he has earned Like right now. Just the through the losses and everything that he's been through. Dustin Poirier, congratulations. I'm not ready to crown you yet, but you're right there. Just quick, quick question going back to what uh, Peter from the Haps team asked way early on at the start of the show. Just a quick yes or no. Has McGregor peaked? And then ipso facto, yes, that wasn't the right term there. So is he on the decline now? So has he reached his peak and now on the downslope? We'll start with Real Mike. Yes or no? Yeah, he's peaked. Okay. Mike Gills? I'm not prepared to say that. If it's a ring rust issue, if he comes back and fights two times this two more times this year and he loses like one or both of them, then yeah, he's peak. But for me, I have to chalk it up to a guy who's just inactive. I will say that he has peaked and he's on the down slide. I don't but the difference is I don't know how steep that slide is gonna be. Mikey Gills, quick go over your DraftKings. You crushed it again. You got oh. you got five forty six on this one. How how'd that play out for you? Oh, man, 546 points. That felt good, but not great enough. We'll get to that in a second. Start off with Dustin Poirier, $7,100, 108 points. Just like we talked about on the show, you cannot give me a fighter as good as Dustin Poirier for $7,100 and not expect me to take him. We talked about it. You picked the best fighter at the lowest price. You look real close at that matchup. He had multiple paths to victory, and boom, you slide him in. That's what happens. Next up, $8,400, Joanne Calderwood, 107 points, decision win over Jessica I. Um, we were talking about the, the different lineups. I put her in in place of Sarah McMahon, so congratulations to us. Next up, Khalil Roundtree, $9,300, 19 points. Now, for we can we can talk about how he took the foot off his gas, uh, his foot off the gas in the second round all we want, but that decision was crap. He won the second round. Like, I I don't know how many people scored that that he didn't score uh, for Roundtree. He won that fight, and losing out on a card like this 
when 30 more points would have put me in the thousands of dollar territory in multiple tournaments, that's heartbreaking. Like as, as happy as I am for 546, this fight kept me out of the big money. And that's that's heartbreaking, especially on a decision that I don't agree with at all. Moving past it though. Mahmoud Muradoff, $8,600, 77 points. Like I won't lie, I was expecting a higher score. Yeah, flying knee knockout, all that good stuff. And you know, some big fuck you punches afterwards, whatever, I expected more. Next up, 7,700, Michael Chandler, 107 points. Um, I don't know what else you say. Big players make big plays and big games. Michael Chandler, let's go. Last up, Armin Sarukian, $8,900, 125 points. We like we talk about Alexander Romanov. Like This is Marab Devashelli territory. Ten takedowns in this fight. Let's go. Ten takedowns. That is money on DraftKings. 504 total seconds of control and 103 significant strikes on the crowd. I love it all day. Let's go. Uh, 546 points total. You can ask for a little bit better than that, but not much. If you had that lineup in, if you tailed us, you went home with a lot of money. Congratulations to everybody involved. Let's go. Yeah. I think that's a record for how many times we've said let's go in a breakdown. But no, I feel it. I feel, I feel the hype. I feel the hype. <laughs> yes, we are breaking the hour barrier now. But I would right. be remiss if I didn't at least quick go over a great idea that Mike Gills had. So we'll only hit this for a few minutes and then we'll bid adieu. So we'll just be a few minutes over. But Mike Gills had a great idea. Obviously, the UFC probably won't do it, but that doesn't mean it's not a good idea. Is a lightweight title tournament so if you will give your brief breakdown and yes. how you have it set up and then me and real michael just hop in if we have a few disagreements and then we'll bid adieu for the night okay i'm gonna give you the the three fights involved in my tournament it's a six-man tournament that doesn't exactly make a whole lot of sense we'll get to that in a second um my ideal scenario for this in the first fight Dustin Poirier versus Nate Diaz. Before you throw things at your screen, I understand Nate Diaz does not deserve this. He doesn't deserve to be in the title conversation. I don't care. I like fun. I'm a fan of fun and I love fun. So you put Nate Diaz in that fight. Dustin Poirier deserves another big money fight. You make that fight for the belt. Dustin Poirier gets it. Boom, right away. All Next fight. Michael Chandler versus Charlie Oliveira. Charlie Olives, I'm going to say. You know why you do this? Because they're the two least known to the casual fans, and they're both really dangerous contenders to the higher value guys in the company, like Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, Nate Diaz, whoever ends up winning those fights. So you make those two fight, they knock off each other, and the one who wins that fight all of a sudden becomes the more popular guy. In the last fight, call this the consolation, automatic number one contender fight, if you will, Justin Gaethje versus Conor McGregor. Now, I don't even really need to sell that fight. Every single fight fan wants to see it. It's the most fun fight out of all of these put together. I, I want to see that fight more than the Dustin or the Nate trilogy for Connor. That fight is just perfect altogether. So you make right off the bat Dustin Poirier champion. You basically give him a layup for this one because he's earned it. He really has. So he's the champion. The, then you basically have two number one contender fights, but the I don't really know where you go with that one. If you don't want to make the first one for the title, we can play with this a little bit. But those are the three fights. Poirier Diaz, Chandler Oliveira, Gaethje Connor. What do you guys think? Real Mike, real Mike got any changes on that uh, one? So I, I'd, have to, I'd have to think about it a little bit more, but I love the tournament idea, but I know the UFC uh, isn't the type to do that because it, it puts their uh, their I guess their chess piece ahead of the game before it, so people could see it, so they don't want to do that. No, I, I'd support the tournament. I think really the only two issues I have of it is one is the Conor McGregor matchup. Not because I don't want to see that fight. I absolutely want to see that fight. But I think since the most recent fight, there was such issue <laughs> with the calf kick. Right. If you're, if you're worried about those calf kicks, Gagey will break your leg. He right. will just straight snap that thing. So it would be, be like you should absolutely say no to that if you're Conor McGregor's camp. I mean, Gagey all day, you probably want that camp. Eventually, they might hit eventually, but like at least one fight buffer in there for him to like, I don't know, learn how to take them appropriately. I mean, Tippy had a good, good point in there. He says at SPG Ireland, they only do those kicks with shin pads, so they're not used to actually taking it in the meat of the leg. Um, and then in terms of everything else, I mean, it's been on the show before. I am an absolutely ball out. Doe Bronx, Mark, he is my guy. I think he has improved so much, and I think he has a path to victory against anybody. So as long as my man doesn't get screwed, uh, I'm at peace, man. As long as that happens, I am good. As long as he ha he's in this tournament, if you actually are doing a tournament, I'm for it. So he could eventually hit the title. If we're not doing a tournament, I want him to fight for the title. So anything that gets my man in there, I'm pro.
Well, let me let me let me just jump into that real quick before uh, Real Mike goes. The reason that I put Gaethje versus Connor and not against Poirier or Diaz in this scenario is because I think those fights are going to be there regardless. If Connor loses, if Connor wins this fight, then he goes back for the title, and then that's one of the trilogy fights, and then he can do the other one on top of that. If he doesn't win the fight, he still has those trilogy fights regardless with built-in storylines. So I mean, it's kind of win-win for everybody. That's why I staggered it that way to keep Connor away from those two. No, I could definitely get that. Um... I'm pro. Obviously, like I said, the tournament should be awesome. Uh, hey, hello, King Robin there from Detroit hopping in. Thank you to the only a few shy of 500 people watching here live. So, yes, pro tournament. little bit questionable if the matchup could ever happen between Gagey and Connor and Dobronx Nation. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um Man, thank you for everyone that joined us. I'm going to be breaking 500 within a live show. I don't think we've done that before. So here's hoping this one boosts like the other one did. Well, we will be back next week to preview UFC Vegas 18, Overeem versus Volkov. Man, that's a good fight. It's actually a pretty solid card. Don't get to subscribe to us on your platform of choice. You'll get more of that, but that's probably more on, on Mikey Gill's OnlyFans. Um, if you don't know what that is, watch the video. Some stuff just went down. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts. RSS feed and haps here. If you're watching us live on haps, thank you everyone for hopping in there. Everyone that is throwing in awards. We greatly appreciate it. Remember to subscribe to us on YouTube. Although we're not there live currently, we can possibly get live again later as well as having full shows, tidbits, tiny breakdowns, just more content for you guys. Like comment and share to spread the word. And with that, let's roll.